Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. What a special night to be together as a church family and friends. Um, so God bless you guys. Uh, we're excited about tonight. We're excited to share and we're not exactly sure what's going to come out. But I think that's what makes it fun. I think I need to pray. Do you want right to pray? Now. Do yeah, you want to? Okay, let's pray. pray. Let's pray, everyone. I'm going to pray. Pray for mostly me, but I'll pray for you guys too. Now, Father, we thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And um, Holy Spirit, we recognize you're here with us right now. We thank you that you're with us. We pray that you would do what you do, that you would speak to our hearts, that in the fun and uh, in the serious, more serious parts, Holy Spirit, that you would do a work in, in our hearts, that you would heal our hearts. If there are hearts that are broken, that you would heal them. If there are hearts that are bitter, that you would heal them. If there are hearts that are resentful, you would heal them. If there are hearts that need to release forgiveness, that you would heal them. Lord, we open our hearts to you today to do what you need to do yeah. in us to make us better, to make us more like you, to make our relationships better, to make our future relationships better. And Lord, we, we pray ultimately that our relationship with you would get better today. So we honor you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go ahead and take your seats, everyone. What am I? Oh, never mind. I forgot. Stand up. I'm sorry. If you didn't get your workout in, just call it a day. All right. You didn't know you came to Catholic all right, Mass. All right, all right, all right. So is everyone standing? Good. Everyone's participating. Thank you. All the married people, please sit down. Hello. Wait, wait, wait. No one else sit down. Only married people are sitting down. Now, you guys were so good and obedient to stand again, but now what I need to ask everyone to do that is still standing is just do a really slow, like, turn around and make some eye contact. <laughs> Come on, no, I'm serious. Let's all turn together. No, you're married. You sit down, Brian. Oh, you're almost married. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, yeah, oh, if you're almost married, if you're engaged also. Wow, your, your fiance's sorry, sorry. at home, so you they stood up. They didn't, <laughs> She's didn't, watching it's online. It's our fault. It's our fault. We didn't clarify. Oh. If you're engaged, also sit down. Now, everyone else just come on now together one two three take a slow turn i want to see everyone no a full turn everybody a full turn participate come it's on Valentine's. i want some very awkward moments to happen right now <laughs> just make Good some job, eye contact guys. well done <laughs> all right everyone just give god a huge shout now and go ahead and everybody can take their seat <laughs> Oh, we love doing that. Hey, I don't know if we celebrated Isaac over here who just got married, right? Come yes. on. <laughs> he can do his own drum roll. Playing the drums for himself. That's amazing. That was amazing. Oh my goodness. What a beautiful day. We got we just got a really fun text from my daughter who is 11 and our boys are 15 and 16. And uh, my 16-year-old went to go pick up my 15-year-old from baseball. And on the way home, they went and picked up my daughter Valentine's gifts. And she sent us this text. She's like, Mom, look what the boys got me for Valentine's Day. 
Meg, how cute! And her little vision card out. She's so adorable. I love her. So cute. So, yeah, we, I got a little gift from you today. Um, we were kind of laughing about it this morning. I did get flowers, and we're going to go out to dinner tomorrow. But um, I walk out, and what did you get me? A trampoline. <laughs> How good is that? You're welcome. So and now that, all you guys yeah. can feel better about yourself. No, I wanted one. It's the little ones. So, like, I've been reading for your health because I just started working out. If you just, like, lightly bounce for a few minutes in the morning, gets all your lymph nodes moving and stuff. So when I walked out, I was like, oh, you got me my trampoline. <laughs> I was very excited about my trampoline. And then he goes, well, at least it wasn't a thigh master. Because if you've been around here long enough, Pastor Jurgen, our lead pastor, will tell a story about how he gave Pastor Leanne a thigh master. Um, when she was 18. When she was 18, because she was complaining about her thighs, and he thought that would have been a good idea. <laughs> and it wasn't. Um, but I was actually happy about yeah, my Yeah, she was happy, thing. so praise the Lord. <laughs> it all worked out for him. It all worked out for him. So we got a few questions. We, we do want to share one main thought, and we can round, round um, third and go to home. Good job, babe. At the end. You're becoming a sports person. Um, yeah. I hosted the Super Bowl party. I knew who was playing. I prayed for a woman that was blonde, beautiful, loved God, and was athletic, but didn't like sports more than me, because I, I, that would seem kind of weird. And uh, at least to me, it was. <laughs> and, uh, and look what I got. This beautiful yeah. bride right here. Who's exceedingly abundantly above whatever I asked for. Um, the one thing I forgot to pray for was that she would like watch sports with me. Mm. And so God's very specific and did not grant me that wish. And I have things to do. Thus far, she has not watched any sports with me unless my boys are playing. Then you Yes. Will. Oh, then I watch all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to know you to care. So you got to pray specifically for certain things. Yeah. I don't know anyone, so I don't care. I'm relational. And Joseph, you are taunting me with that jersey. You are taunting me with that jersey. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, congratulations. We're going to have fun tonight. It's Valentine's Day. Well, we did, we did uh, ask a few questions. People wanted yeah. to like, submit some questions, so we're going to answer a few um, as quickly as we can. But we did get asked about a, a big fight that we laugh about now. A fight that we had that we now that we laugh had, about. That was very serious, but now we laugh about it. I feel like the biggest one was last year. Yeah. At the marriage getaway. Yeah. The marriage getaway was the biggest fight we've had in a long yeah. time. We don't really fight fights. And it was right after we preached about communication. How to, how to resolve conflict. So and we preached our session that first day and told everyone all the perfect things, how to resolve conflict, and then we didn't practice anything that night, and it was terrible. We literally, we ordered this expensive dinner, and we didn't even eat it. We were so we mad. We just left. And then we couldn't box it up because we were staying in a hotel. So we just left. And then we had to talk again the next day on how to resolve conflict. <laughs> and we made up on the Basically, stage. Basically, don't do what we do. It was so bad. But that was a big one. We've, we've, we've had just some interesting fights. I think we fight differently than a lot of people. But um, we fight over silly things. But one of it was a really big fight, if you can believe it or not. We fought over 
um, what we were going to wear on our Christmas Eve service a few years ago. And it was to the point where I was like, I am leaving. I'm getting out of this house. I went on a walk. I was huffing and puffing. I think I might have called Pastor Tessa to talk me off the ledge. He was being so stubborn. He refused to tell me what he was wearing so I could plan my outfit. It's Christmas Eve. You can't totally clash. He's trying to surprise you. No, and he's like, he was just like, no. I don't know why we have to do this. Why do I have to show you what I'm wearing? I'm like, because I need to pick my outfit. I don't know what to iron. And he's just like, oh my gosh, babe, you're so controlling. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just pick the freaking outfit. And he wouldn't do it. So I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I don't even think I can go with you tonight. You can leave by yourself. Like we, I, we were so mad. And then, and then I was like, you have mom issues. I'm like, oh, are you just mad? You think I'm trying to boss you? Like, I'm not your mom. And you were like, I'm not your kid. <laughs> yeah. Because no. he doesn't remember. I honestly don't really Boys remember. Boys remember that one. details. Oh, I was literally, I would never leave you, but I was like, I felt like I was like, I'm going to leave this man. Like on I my walk. I was so mad. I don't hold on to things. I wow. release forgiveness. That is not true. That is not true. Don't believe him. He's lying. Thank you, guys. Thank you. He's oh, lying. This is going to turn into man versus woman. Thou shall not lie. <laughs> but we find out funny things like how, how loud he chews and stuff. <sighs> Who else has that problem? Yeah, it's really hard to hear people chew. Yeah. It's well, here's the, here's, here's the reality, okay? I just chew whatever food I'm eating like a normal person. However... She doesn't like it for some reason. I think it's a woman thing. Because when she chews loud things, I just don't complain. I hear it, but I'm like, hey. But he knows this, and I can't help it, you guys. I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but my heart will start to race. Like, I, I, my blood starts to boil if I hear loud chewing. And we've been married over 20 years, and he still will pull, pour a bowl of cereal and then come sit next to me. And I just, like, I, I take deep breaths. I do try, like, 10 times, and I'm like... Oh my God! And I just have to, I have to leave the room. I leave the room every time. I'm like, when are you going to stop Klotche, doing this? Is that a demon? Do you think? I mean, it's definitely a that? stronghold. It's definitely a stronghold. <laughs> I mean, I know. All right. Yeah. We also fight about that he snores, and then when I wake him up, <laughs> you notice how all these are like. About and then me? I wake him up. Like, I wake him up at 2 a.m. to tell him that he's snoring, and then he gets mad. And he says, "I wasn't even asleep." And I'm like, it's 2 a.m. I've never heard myself snore to this day. I don't believe you. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, all right. <laughs> Pastor Ron, no way you snore. Yeah, I don't believe her. You have nope. too much of the Holy Spirit in you to thank snore. Thank you. All right, so the, another question was, what was the biggest transition from singleness to being married um, and then married to parenthood. Like the biggest transition, like what needs to change when all of those transitions happen, what would you say? Well, yeah, you have to become less and less selfish. With every With season. every step. So I remember this. I remember when we had our first baby, and uh, it used to be all about me, then it was all about us, and we could do whatever we want, and then we had a baby. And all of a sudden, it became all about the baby. And I remember looking at my baby um, and going, it's all about this baby now. But I remember thinking, it's okay. Like, it was okay with me. Like, I loved this little 
boy so much, it was like okay with me that it was yeah. all about him. It's not really all about for the baby, season. but you know. For a season, um, obviously. And so, yeah, just less. But you really do have become less and less selfish because there's more and more people in your world. And um, it's we, we make this joke, you're like, I'm dying to myself right now. Like when we're like having to like give up more things that we don't want to give up um, for the sake of the greater good. But uh, I, one thing I want to talk about, like, so in, in that vein, though, what thing, things have to change, you get married and then you introduce kids, you know, into your family. Everyone, has anyone ever heard of the five langu- love languages? Sorry, like the book. Yeah. So I don't, I, can I recite, recite them all? I don't. The guy version is just one love language. <laughs> no, it's two. Physical touch. Physical touch and then usually words of affirmation. So Pastor Tess always says, Charles would say, just touch me and tell me I'm awesome. And then you're covered. Um, but Maybe it makes it a but mistake, there are like five that. essential love languages. And I think we really actually need to know what our spouses are. Um, we had a fight about that this morning. He didn't know I was going to say that. Well, it wasn't a fight. He was just expressing his feelings about things to me. And it, yeah, it, I wasn't meeting his top need as of late with all the things going on. Wow, welcome to our world, and, everybody and so, watching online. So, so he's just like, it's my top need and you're not meeting it. And I was like, I can take that. Yes, you are correct. Thank you for telling me. I needed to hear that. And that's what I said. Uh, so tonight is your night. Apparently. <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> But the love languages change (laughs) over time because when we first got married, so one of the love languages is acts of service, like doing things for the, like help, like helps, like helping them with things around the house or doing, you know, chores and stuff like that. I could have cared less about that when we got married. Like when we were in premarital, we did this quiz of like, who's going to do this? Who's like, who's going to do the dishes? Who's going to do the laundry? Who's going to do the cooking? And then what, what did your sheet say? Becky, 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 Becky. Yeah, it did. I took out the trash, There was one task that he took responsibility for was he would take out the trash. But my list also said Becky, 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 John, Becky, 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 Becky. Because I was like, yeah, I can totally do all these things. My mom did all those things. Like, I'm going to do all those things. So I loved being Betty Crocker until life got really busy, and then we had a kid. And now I'm like, if you don't do acts of service for me, I think you hate me. And so it was like everything shifted. Like when I introduced kids and the busyness of life and all that, like my love languages changed drastically. I needed his help. And if he wasn't helping me, I felt so unloved and uncared for. So it's really important to be able to understand what your top need or two is and then what your partner's is so then you can make sure it may not be my top need, physical touch, but if it's his, I better make sure I'm taking care of his top need and then he needs to be making sure he's taking care of my top need. It'd be foolish of me to be like, well, I don't really care about that, so I'm not going to do it. Like, how selfish. He's like telling you what he needs most from you, and then you don't give it. What do you think is going to happen to your relationship? There's another book called His Needs, Her Needs that we read early on. Have you guys read that yes. book? That's a good book. That's a one great of the, book, One too. of the things that I've found as we've gotten kind of older is, um, is, it, is it recreation? Um, mm-hmm. I love doing recreational things with my, with my wifey, and uh, it brings me so much joy to you know, see her playing pickleball or going on hikes or volleyball or whatever. I don't know why. It's just like super cool and super fun. We connect in that way. So that was something that I didn't really know about until we kind of got older um, and until we started doing fun things. I want to start golfing again. Yeah, you do. I know. I stopped golfing after I had my third child. The last time I golfed when I was eight months pregnant with Henley and she's 11 now. So let's bring that back. 
back. Let's bring, bring it, back. it back. Let's do it. Um, right. uh, we had a question. Is things you do to continue to improve or grow in your relationship. We go to the marriage getaway every we do year. Go to, even though we fought, we went to the marriage getaway. It's actually really it's good. It's so fun. It's so amazing. Yeah. Doing the, setting aside time to actually just focus on your relationship yeah. and talk through things. There's so many about, good things. Yeah. And you hear so many nuggets and you realize that your marriage is pretty similar to everybody else's marriage, that you're fighting with the, you know, about the same things, you're struggling yeah. with the same things. And so it's really freeing. And every year we need it. Every year we need the relationship series in church in February. Yes. Um, we just need it. I yeah. think we just need to be reminded of things and uh, almost like rededicate ourselves to each other. Yeah. Um, and I think just honestly, like just having dates. Like continuing, what Pastor Leanne just posted this, it was from Jay John. He said, if more couples, yeah. if more married couples courted, there was more courting in marriage, there'd be less marriages in court. Yeah. And, and it's so true. It's like you can get so busy with all the schedules, and then you, you just need that time to reconnect with one another and, and keep your relationship strong, especially when you have kiddos and you're both working and all of these things, because you don't want to be the person that then their kids leave the nest. You have nothing in common because you haven't had a conversation or connected for the last 18 years. Like you've got to keep your relationship healthy and strong and, and, and strong connection. And you can, by the way, you can have date days too. You don't have to have date nights all the time. Sometimes yes. it's hard to have nights. We have kids practicing and doing all these things, but sometimes yeah. date days, you can get a date day in. Yeah. Um, I like those. Yeah, me too. Um, and then one thing I wrote down that uh, would help you grow in improving your relationship. We're not one of those people that think like you have to sit down with your spouse or significant other every day and like read the Bible together and pray together every day and like do a devotional and together and all these things. Like we're very much, I would say, independent. And this is not right or wrong. We're very much independent, like in our walk with the Lord. And, and then we'll talk about on occasion what we are reading about and share our thoughts. Um, but I think one thing that actually really does strengthen your relationship is to pray together. Um, and I know that's, you know, some people like even just once a week praying together, coming into agreement, like he's praying for the same things I'm praying for, but sometimes it's really powerful to come together in agreement and both agree together um, in prayer. And so that's, that's a practice I think we need to even get better at praying together instead of just individually, but that will really help strengthen and grow your relationship, um, not just with God, but with each other. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Yeah. The other one, other question. We have like three other questions. We got to like yeah, kind of hurry. We good? We're okay. Good. How did you know he or she is the one? How do you know yeah. he or she is the one? Okay. Um, how did you know, babe? Because you were all over me from the <sighs> beginning. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. We didn't even kiss for seven dates. So relax. I wasn't all over. How you. was that first kiss? You guys, I actually don't remember. So it, was, it must not have been that good. No, I don't. I legitimately don't remember. He's like, babe, it was at your front door or your apartment. I was like, no, I don't remember that. And, but I'm like, but I don't know. I don't have a memory of where it was. But I don't think it was bad. I just don't remember. But it took seven days. Yeah, you liked it. I did. I, I did. Yes. But how do we know we were the one? Okay, so here's the deal. My, my mom actually told me this later in life. She's like, I always worried you would never get married um, because I would, always, I would always be like anxious or worried or like question if it was the one. And she just thought I was just going to always question even when it was the right one because I always questioned, I was always worried and all of that. But the fact of the matter was it wasn't the right one. That's why I was always like that. So I was just like, how am I going to know? Like, am I really going to know? Um, and so for us, um, when we met... Uh, there was incredible peace, and and we both, 
from date one, we're completely ourselves. We didn't try to impress or try to be somebody else or, you know, fake anything that we were not. We were just like both completely real from day one and we felt extremely comfortable around each other. Our first date was actually at your family event. Because we, we, he was out of town, I was out of town, all these things. And then he was like, well, I really would like to see you before I go to Australia, but the only time I could see you is this night, but it's my parents' 30-something wedding anniversary. So, like, I met the whole family, like, on our first date. But I just felt like I had met, I'd known them my whole life. I already knew his dad because I yeah. worked with his dad. But it was just so much ease to the relationship. And we both felt it. His family even said something after our first date, like, you guys seem like you've been together forever. We weren't weirdos. We weren't, you know... We shared but food. We shared food on our first date. Yeah, yeah. For some people, that is a big deal. I remember she went to the bathroom, and I have two older sisters, and my sisters were like, oh, my gosh, she is this big. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, so skinny. But, like, That's um, a good thing if my sisters But the one thing that. I think, wow, we both had a piece about it, a piece that we've never felt before. There wasn't the big question marks. Um, obviously, things came in that we had to, you know, work through. But I think the biggest thing that we did to help confirm that it was actually, like, the one, we felt it. But what we did is we actually asked as many people that we trusted in our world. We asked the, the more religious people that could have been the naysayers. We asked the super conservative people. We asked our families. And every single person, like, gave it two thumbs up. And I think sometimes we don't ask people because we don't want to get the thumbs down. So do we actually want to marry someone that you would have given two thumbs down to because they're seeing something you don't see? It's the biggest decision of your life. And I know this is a red flag. If you are dating someone and you have now cut out the people in your life that you, you used to go to wisdom for, I would say you already know that they're not right for you. So why are you doing that? Like seriously. It's the most important relationship of your life. It's for the rest of your life. Do you really want to compromise? No. Right, Pastor Sterling. No. So I'm just saying, if you've stopped asking the people you used to seek wisdom from and you've, you've removed yourself from your friend group, you already know. That happens a lot, by the way. It happens, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Don't okay, do here's it. A, here's the next one. What do you do if your spouse doesn't want to tithe, but you do? Yeah. Is this a good one? Should we answer this one? Yeah. Let's answer it. All right. I, um, well, because I'm a girl and, um, I usually just talk with girls mostly, uh, my experiences with the women. So I'm sure this conversation happens the opposite way. Uh, but I do have quite a few women asking me this question, um, on a somewhat regular basis. And because they were like, well, we have to be most obedient to God, like God first. And then your fan, and then, and my advice, and maybe you could find a scripture right now in your brain that could back what I'm about to tell you, because I think I'm right, so I'm assuming scripture backs me up. Um, but what I say, it's actually, if, you're, if your husband does not want you to tithe and he's the, the breadwinner, um, it would actually be very dishonoring and out of order for you to go against your husband and bring your tithe in the house of God. At the end of the day, the Lord knows your heart. The Lord knows that you want to tithe, but you are being submissive to your husband who has not yet had the revelation 
revelation that bringing the tithe is gonna, what's gonna be that will set you guys free in your finances, in your marriage. So my encouragement to women is to just pray for your spouse that he'll get the revelation and desire to tithe to bring God's protection and provision into your marriage. But I also ask the questions, is there something that you receive in that marriage? Do you get like a, a certain amount of month for groceries or clothing or fun or whatever? Is there something that you've been given that you can actually tithe off of and trust the Lord that he's going to multiply those seeds that you've sown over what you're responsible for? Or if you receive gifts like a blessing for birthdays or whatever, there's nothing that says you can't tithe on those things. God's going to honor everything, you know, that you do in that regard. But I would just say honor your spouse, trust the Lord, pray for them. But whatever you're able to do with what's been given into your hands, bring that as a tithe and God's going to bless you beyond measure. Here's the scripture, 1 Peter Thank 3, you, 1. It says in the same, this is talking to the wives, in the same way you Wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, so if your husband refuses to, to obey the good news, to obey God, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. How beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. I knew it was in the scripture somewhere. Good job, babe. No, it really is. Because think yeah. about that. You're trying to win your husband over to believe the Lord, but you go against him and lie to him and be deceitful to honor God. Like, it's not going to help the situation. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Yeah. How do you find time to take care of yourself when life is so demanding and busy? Um, I, You're really good at this. I would just say you have time to do whatever you want to do. Say it again for the people in the back. You have time to do whatever you want to do. Honestly, you have time to do what you prioritize. Um, I would actually like look on your phone and see how many hours you spent on social media and then ask yourself if you have time to take care of yourself or work out or take care of your health or whatnot. Um, he's always been really good at this. No matter how busy our life is, he's always made like his health. Because we, we, we're in this for the long haul. Like we want to be around for a long time. Um, I want to be like a great, great, great grandma, you know, kissing on babies. And so um, for longevity, we have to take care of our health and our fitness. I will say this is always, I if I'm going to put anything to the side, it's myself usually. Um, I'm the one that would take care of other people instead of taking care of myself. Uh, but I'll tell you something. I like I personally stopped working out uh, when when COVID hit in 2020, um, and I started to just feel bad. I didn't feel energetic. Um, I was tired all the time. I felt very weak. I used to be able to like lift my own bag up in the the airplane. I I can't lift my own bag. I was just like, and my back was hurting all the time. So I'd complain about it all the time. I would complain how tired I was, how bad I felt. I was so weak and all these things. And he always says, he didn't say this to me, but I've heard him say it and he probably wishes he would have said it to me, but he was probably scared of me. He tells, he tells people, he's like, uh, if you're, Oh, if you're not going to do anything about it, stop complaining about it. So basically like, shut up. Actually, if you're not going to do, you have, yeah. when was I mad? Very recently. Oh, I don't remember. The Holy Spirit must have protected me. Or him. Or protected me. He pre that's two. what I meant. Protected you. But you know what? It's good for me. I wish I would have remembered he said that. Because honestly. That's why I thought you put this question in here. No. No, I just want to say, I had excuses for four years, and it was not serving me well. I did not feel well. And I finally, I wasn't like, oh, January 1, I'm going to start working out because I knew I wouldn't stay committed. I was like, mid-January, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do something every day. 
Even if I only do 25 sit-ups, at least I did something. I don't put this pressure on myself to get on this huge routine, but I can, can I just tell you, I feel so much better. Every time I want to take a nap, I actually just go out into our gym and I just work out and I have so much energy to get through the rest of the night. I feel good. I feel stronger. My back doesn't hurt anymore. And I'm not complaining as much. I had to say as much because if I said I'm not complaining, I'd be a liar as well. (laughs) So, you know, just take care of yourself. You actually will feel better and you're going to be a better person for your spouse, for your kids because you're just going to feel good. People ask me, what's the number one thing you do for your spirituality or your relationship with God? And it's working out getting in shape because if I if I feel good I'm more motivated to get into the, to the Bible more motivated to pray more motivated to be yeah. you know a, a blessing to people to serve to do anything so that's the one thing I would say for me so is uh, if I'm not working out if I'm you know slacking I don't feel good I don't want to work out I don't want to read I don't want to do anything so I've only missed two days in four weeks and today is one of those days but I could still do sit-ups when I get home so maybe not Good job, Becky. Good job. <laughs> I could have said something, but I'm not okay. saying it. Okay. What do you do what if were you trust say? I can't oh, say Oh, wait, no. It's going to be inappropriate. inappropriate. What Never do you mind. Do if Move on. Tr- what do you do if trust has been broken? I caught on to that late. I apologize. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you guys were here the last time we did this. Yeah, if you want to hear, like, kept, the really gnarly stuff. She just kept walking stuff. into good ones. It was, yeah, it was like. I think it was, was it, we did one 20 years of marriage, and then, um, and then we did the Heinrichs in the hot seat, where we talked about a lot of other things. Anyways, okay, he go. Was, yeah, he was living his best you- life. Um, okay, so this is a serious question. I know. All right, so what do you do if trust has been broken in a relationship? Well, if trust has been broken in a relationship, you have to rebuild the trust. So you I believe that. What? You have to earn yeah, you have to back. earn it back. I believe that you 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 give trust to people. Uh, I don't make people earn their trust initially unless there's something weird about it. But I like to trust people up front, and then if they break my trust, then they they have to re-earn that trust. And that's the same yeah. in any relationship. Same in our in you know yeah. in marriages. Um, and I would say, like, before, um, so obviously I know this question was for, like, the relationship that you're in, but our story was a little bit different because I had such a broken past and I had already lost trust in humanity, especially men. I was very untrusting that led to anxiety and fear that led to control and all of these things. And so because I had not healed my heart and forgiven people and really um, had restoration in that area, I brought my mis trust into a relationship that I should have been able to trust. Like John never did anything to make me question his trust um, or, or, or anything of that nature, yet he was paying the price for my undealt with um, broken heart. And so he was paying the price of having to earn my trust, but he had never actually lost it. And so it was a really interesting season for us um, that I was always accusing him. I was always questioning him. I was always suspicious. I didn't like him to go anywhere with his guy friends, like anything like that. And it was really destructive in our relationship until you kind of like had a revelation of why I was like the way I was. Yeah, we almost didn't get married because of that. I know. Like literally the week before we were about to get married, it came up and we went at it. And I called my uncle. I'm like, 
Uncle Keith, you got to call my wife. You got to fix He's this. Crazy. We've already invited everybody to the wedding. Um, anyway, we worked it out. We but did. Um, but eventually, I just had to recognize that it wasn't. It wasn't like. And you guys have heard 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 us probably say this, but it wasn't me against her. It was me against the devil that was taking advantage of her and causing her and energizing that behavior. And so it was. It was. It was. So then, when when I realized that, then it was me and her against the devil, instead of me against her. And so that's what really changed everything for yeah. me and our relationship. We were able to work through it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you were very yeah. patient and very gracious with me. Um, and he always talks about how in that season, because I was pretty difficult to manage, but he just talks about, like, in that season, he just saw this picture of me, and he just, like, would just continually wrap me in grace. You just wrapped me in grace while I was being crazy, <laughs> realizing that I didn't want to be that way. I just didn't know how to break free because I was so wounded and unhealed and oppressed by demonic, tormenting spirits. And so together, like, we talk about that. And we won't get into it tonight. But, like, with conflict, like, you have to remember you're on the same. Like, when you're in battle, you actually need to stay on the same side of the battlefield. It's not mm -hmm. them against you. Together, you're fighting against whatever's coming against your marriage mm -hmm. and the connection that you have with one another. Yeah, and, and if it is in a, in a marriage relationship where trust is, is lost uh, or broken, then you do have to rebuild that trust and re-earn that trust, and you will have to make sacrifices uh, and do things maybe you didn't used to do in order to uh, make your spouse feel safe. Yeah. So if if our trust has been broken and it's with another girl or something like that or whatever, uh, you know, pictures or, or whatever, and I'm saying, hey, I'm going to go out with my boys, um, that's not going to make her feel safe. Um, so you have to have agreed boundaries and you have to kind of walk in those boundaries until you re-earn that trust. And now yeah. the danger is at some point you have, the other spouse has to choose to trust again because you can't just hold people and control people for, you know, this uh, unlimited amount of time and think everything's going to go well. If you agree to get right. through it together, then at some point you have to choose to trust again yeah. and, and forgive. And so that's the And he that's did this for me thing. even, like I said, when trust wasn't lost, like he would just, he would actually be like, are you okay if I do this? This is what it's going to look like. This who's here. I'll call you when I get there. I'm not going to run away with the cheerleaders. Like he would literally, like, he would just constantly like make sure I always knew where he was. He would reassure me when we were out and I felt like threatened or anxious or fearful about another woman or something like that. He would always like, he knew, he would just look at me and he knew that he had to just come over and pull me in close and stand next to me to make me feel safe in that environment. But again, he never broke the trust, but it's like, but that's what it's going to take, having those things set up until you can feel safe again to be able to just choose to trust. And at some point, you just have to choose and go all in with your heart again if you're going to experience the fullness of the love that God has for you. It's going to take rebuilding that trust. Um, and the one, we're just going to kind of really end on this. Was, and this was while we were answering the questions. The one thing we actually wanted to share with you, if you guys are willing to hang with us for a few more moments. But um, this Yeah, this message yeah. is called Straight to the Heart, if there was a, a title. Um, but Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Yeah. Um, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. That's the New King James. Yeah. Version. So everything we do comes out of the condition of your heart. So you have to make sure you have a healthy heart. And here's what I've learned. I've learned that you can be delivered of something, but deliverance is different than freedom. 
deliverance is an event. Freedom is a process. And so you have to deal with uh, the issue, but then you have to walk out the issue. And so you have to, and you do that by protecting your heart, right? right? Once you get free of something, then you protect your heart and you don't let that thing come back in and oppress you or put pressure on you anymore. We've got to keep our hearts clean and pure because everything's going to come out of it. Everything's going to grow out of it. So if our heart is bad, we can't expect good fruit and healthy relationships. And so we'll just share a really fresh story that uh, happened just really recently. Um, and just talking about how quickly your heart can turn and how we have to guard it so so um, protectively. We were just uh, together at an event, and there was just some things that took place at, at, at that event that made both of us, unbeknownst to each other, both feel really small. And we started to feel very insecure, um, probably a little bit hurt, or I don't I don't know how to how to describe Even it if like, you want to. Um potentially like, and like jealousy creeping in or covetedness creeping in envy, or like envying yeah, like a little envy, bit. Yeah. Stuff like that. And so we didn't both say it, but we really struggled that night individually. And we were really fighting to like connect with God and hear from God. All this stuff was going on in our hearts and in our heads. And again, we didn't know we both were feeling the same way, which has never actually happened before. So it was a couple days later, we just sat down. It was on a Sunday after church. We just drove up to our little winery up the street and I and I just said hey I need to like tell you something and I was kind of like embarrassed to say it out loud because I just felt like so lame and I just said hey when these things were happening I'm I was like really struggling like I I couldn't even hear from God and all this these emotions were filling my heart and I was thinking all these things and then I just started to like like feel some pretty like dark emotions and I said, and I've been wrestling with it for like the last two days. And I just, I don't want this growing in my heart because I can already tell it's like really impacting me. And then when I was sharing that, you, what did you tell me? No, I was, and I said, yeah, I was feeling the same way. And um, I preached about it um, a while back. But um, a few years ago, I was having a, I thought I was having a midlife advance, Pastor Charles. But I might have been having a midlife crisis. I don't know. But I had started dealing with all these dark thoughts, and I would wake up in sweats in the middle of the night, and you know, my heart's beating out of my chest, and and I'm like, what is happening with me? And I started to feel really small, really insignificant, really like I've wasted my life. Uh, why why am I doing this ministry thing? Anybody could do this. I'd rather be out there. There's like so much pressure in here. Why don't I just go do that? It would be, you know, like I was just going through all these things. I'm like, why don't we just sell our house and move to? Um, Costa Rica. I've never even been to Costa Rica. Uh, <laughs> but it just sounded like a good place to move to and escape, right? And, uh, and, and so I was having all of, all of these thoughts, and I remember uh, I went on a, or I was reading my Bible one morning, and I came across this scripture in James 3, 14 to 16. It says, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying, for jealousy and selfishness are not of God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Like, wow. And I remember reading that scripture, and I went on a walk, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the reason that I'm feeling this way. And I delivered myself on my little prayer walk, um, in front of the flowers that were on the right side of that one street that we used to live on. And all of a sudden, I felt free, and I felt light, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm back, you know? Um, but 
I, uh, when you get, like I said, when you get delivered of something, sometimes that voice will come back and try to retaliate. And so, but once you're separated from it, you can recognize it. And so I recognized it, that that was a similar feeling that I had uh, back then, just recently. And, and it was the same thing that she had. And so we sat down and talked about it. And it was like, as we were talking about it, we were setting ourselves free from it. Yeah. Um, because the Bible says this in James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So we started to talk about it. Immediately, it loses its power yeah. because it's exposed into the light. And then we prayed together yeah. and it was like we were back. Yeah. And it was just like a two-day thing, but we recognized it. But we knew that if we let that thing simmer in our heart, it would affect our yeah. relationship with different people that we love yeah. and potentially each other. Yeah. So we just prayed the prayer. We both just repented like together and we just prayed the prayer like created me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. And if we would have allowed those roots to stay and to grow, the Bible says that a root of bitterness ruins the whole body. Like it would have affected every area of our life because we couldn't just be bitter or resentful in one area. It's going to spill over to every area. You cannot say, oh, oh, this negative demonic emotion only impact this relationship. No, it's going to actually affect everything. I think it was just like by the grace, the mercy of God, so we had repented, we had done that. And it just so happened I was reading that next morning about the story of like David um, and King Saul. And it was talking about how, you know, David was really Saul's greatest asset. He took down Goliath, and he was winning all these battles, and all the people started to praise David, like David is slain as ten thousands and all these things. And it said immediately when Saul heard that, his heart became jealous. And the moment he his heart became jealous, it says that the, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord left Saul, and then the next day a, a distressing spirit came upon Saul and didn't leave him. And so we were just thinking like, oh my gosh, if we would have allowed those negative emotions, those demonic emotions to stay in our hearts and not be rooted out, like we could see where Saul's life ended up taking him. It was a very tragic story about a king that should have been so mighty and great. And so we were so grateful to God for the Holy Spirit in those moments. And and so we just recognize that even though it's just an example of just like us with someone else, like how true is it though that above all else we have to guard and protect our heart because everything we do flows out of it. You're not able to harbor bitterness and think you're going to have joy in your marriage. You're not able to hold on to unforgiveness and think that you're going to experience the life and life abundant that God has for you in your relationship. So we just kind of wanted to end the service tonight. Just if we can all just be real before the Lord and, and just say, what. so what have you harbored in your heart? What have you allowed to take root in your heart that is spoiling your relationships? It's robbing you of peace. It's robbing you of joy. It's robbing you of a future relationship because you're harboring that bitterness or you're harboring that resentment or that disappointment that's gone unhealed or that broken air of your heart, the anxiety, the fear, the control. What are you allowing to grow that is robbing you of all the good things God has for you and your relationships? So why don't yeah, you so why don't we just stand, why yeah, don't we stand to our stand. feet? Yeah. And there might be some people here and you feel a separation maybe from a spouse or a friend or a parent or maybe even a child and you're not sure what that thing is. What is it that, why is there a wall there? You may not even realize that there's a wall there. So we also want to pray for you and yeah. let God reveal that to you. 
Um, because I prayed that prayer at Emerge last year and God revealed uh, something to me about rejection. I had no idea that was even a part of my life. And so, but it's helped me ever since. So we want to pray for you about that as well. So babe, why don't yeah. you pray? Yeah. Since you're so So just turn amazing. your palms to heaven and just close your eyes. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your beautiful presence, but also your power and your still small voice. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now that you are speaking to us in this moment. Holy Spirit, would you reveal to them what they've harbored in their heart that is not serving them well, serving their relationships well, Lord, is there someone that they need to forgive? Is there someone they need to release? Is there something they need to heal from? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing what you do. And even just as you're standing there, just, just imagine you, whatever that, whatever that is, if it's a person it's an emotion, whether it's unforgiveness, just even under your breath, just release that person or release that thing to God. Let him take that heavy weight, that heavy burden that you were never meant to bear. Let him take it from you. Lord God, I thank you for every single person in this place and for every precious heart in this building. God, I thank you that you are doing a mighty work in their hearts and in their lives and in their relationships. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful to remove and take away anything that we ask you to take away. But God, I pray that we would fully release it to you. Lord, and as we give you those burdens, as we give you those pains and disappointments, as we give you and release to forgiveness towards those individuals, God, you would fill us with the peace that surpasses all understanding. God, you would fill us with hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today. God, fill us with hope that you desire to give us the desires of our heart. So God, I thank you right now as they release those things to you. God, that you are restoring them, that you are healing them, that you are setting them free. And God, I thank you, Lord, that where there was blockages in their heart before, God, that those blockages are now removed so they can experience full life and full flow in their hearts as it was intended to be. So God, we thank you and we give you praise for all these beautiful people. We thank you for each and every soul, each and every journey that they are walking on in this place. And we thank you right now that their greatest days are yet ahead. God, we thank you that their greatest days are yet ahead. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.